Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. Listening to Zed Games, produced live at 4 Triple Z Studios. You might be listening to us on 102.1 FM or Zed Digital in Brisbane or around the country on the Community Radio Network. This is the best gaming radio show ever to have existed, bar none. My name is Jack Ranjanan, and I'm in the studio with three illustrious people. Please introduce yourselves. I'm Razor. I'm Lee. And I'm Scott from Brisbane Boat. Where are you guys from? Uh, I'm from the radio program Zed Games. <laughs> yeah, radio's razor. Yeah. yeah, I'm also here representing the radio program. <laughs> Thank God we got, we got through that. What um, about you, Jack? What's your business here? <laughs> I'm radio's Jack from Janet. Okay. <laughs> What's I, happening on this show? I've got to make sure I put on my radio voice. Yeah. Uh, this week we've got a review of Spider Man, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Spider Man got those puddles to talk about. Oh yes. Um, Scott, you've got some local. I got some stuff? local news and. We got the uh, local game quiz coming up. Mm, get, a, get hype. And uh, I also have an interview from the Melbourne Esports Open, which happened a few weeks ago. Uh, the, I'm not sure what ESL stands for. Esports League, probably. Um, Nick Vanzetti, the managing director, <laughs> uh, sat down for a chat with me about the event, about esports in Australia more broadly. Um, so that, that's coming up a little bit later. But first, the week in gaming news headlines, Ray. The Belgian government has reportedly launched a criminal investigation into Electronic Arts after the publisher refused to modify popular soccer game FIFA to comply with updated gambling laws. The laws formally classify in-game loot boxes as a form of gambling, which means that games like FIFA must either remove the loot boxes or restrict the game from children. EA CEO Andrew Wilson expressed in an interview earlier this year that he disagreed with the notion that any of their games contained gambling. Well, that couldn't have happened to a nicer fella, I think. <laughs> Got him. So, criminal investigation, specifically. Mm, yeah. yeah. I guess racketeering, right? That's right. Kind of like those dodgy people that run underground casinos mm. with all the guns lying around and, you know, mountains of white powdery substances. Yeah, those That's guys. what we talk about on Zed. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I'm basically equating EA yeah. with, with those guys. So they, the FIFA is the same as a mafia casino. Yeah. Right. I was Pretty go, much. I was going to go a step farther, but I'm not sure that complies with broadcast <laughs> laws. Um, Allegedly, that is. So how recently were those gambling laws updated? Uh, first quarter of this year, I believe. And it's taken them this long to... Or maybe they gave them this long to make the changes in game, mm, and be. now they haven't complied. Yeah, they're going after them. Yeah. yeah so uh, Blizzard, Two K, other publishers have already removed their loot boxes or disabled them mm. in their games. EA conspicuously not willing to do so, and they they appear to be the only one who's not doing it. I'm, so I'm really hoping that there's going to be some like black and white footage of an Elliot Ness like character kicking open the doors of EA and all of these like guys scurrying around like knocking over FIFA loot boxes and like Tommy guns being fired uh-huh. yeah 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 that's that's what I want to see looking forward to it yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be really really good like just these like government agents tipping loot boxes down the the, the gutter and all of the like the prizes tumbling out oh it's such a visual Jesus yeah 
Uh, gamers who are hungry for more than just victory should act quickly to secure one of just 300 grease-proof Xbox One controllers being released to tie-in with the official launch of Battle Royale game PUBG. According to a press release by Xbox Australia, the controller features a patented coating making it resistant to oil and grease. This isn't the first strange marketing stunt by the Australian branch of Xbox. If anyone recalls the official Xbox onesie of 2016. Now, there is a connection here, which you have not noted Mm -hmm. in your news article, which is that when you you win in PUBG, you, you get the phrase, winner, winner, chicken dinner, right? Yes. So that is, it is the... The Xbox controller that one can enjoy mm. a chicken dinner and play PUBG and with, play, yes, at the same time. The thing is, though, like, have you, you guys, you guys have seen the controller, yeah, right? Like, yeah. it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's just a glossy finish, yeah. from what I can see, yeah. and it's, it's, it's just gross without grease. Yeah, I think, the, I think the problem is <laughs> it's too shiny. They were like, okay, let's make a controller coating that doesn't get worse with grease, right? Because the matte finish of the Xbox One controller feels good when you get it out of the box. Yeah. But the moment you get anything greasy or anything gross in that controller, you can see it. Jam, even worse. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the, the video for this controller as well? No. They drip uh, grease over the top and it's so sexual. Oh, God. It's really bad. <laughs> oh, no, I feel unwell. I think the highlight for me about around this controller was when uh, someone from an outlet in Sydney decided to test it. Um, and they, uh, in, in getting their hands all over the chicken drumstick and then wiping it on the controller it actually slipped out of their hands and knocked over their um glass of beer so that was classy that was phenomenal yeah. it was so good so i mean again it's it's not the weirdest thing that xbox has done i would argue this is far weirder than the onesie ray yeah you know i was on board with the onesie now that i've just been reminded of it I should not on board and- with this shut it down <laughs> not approved well, if there were more than just 300 i imagine i would be able to get my hand well Firstly, I don't have an Xbox One, so there's that barrier. Yeah, you can use um, it on PC. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you try and play PUBG on the PC with an Xbox controller, you are going to get <laughs> yeah. robbed. You can Xbox sun. play anywhere with That's this controller. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Another thing is that I've actually stopped playing PUBG. Um, okay. At You've... the beginning of the year, I was all about it. I was obsessed with it, and now I can't get a game. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I got I worse. People yeah, got better. Something to do with servers, or maybe there's not enough players. But I, I, I don't want to queue for 45 minutes and not have a game. Oh, like actual technical problems. Yeah, oh, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure what it is. They haven't really <laughs> been good at updating right. us players uh, or former players as it is now. PUBG so. were just like this man here has consumed too many chicken dinners. He's going on a diet. Yep. Blocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's alright because there's a new PUBG called Call of Duty, so you can just play that. Yeah, that looks good. Blackout <laughs> looks interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, that's all the gaming news headlines for this week. Scott, you've got some local news, local events? I do. Coming up in local events for the rest of September. Uh, this Friday, 1UP Arcade is holding their first lock-in event. From 10pm to 10am, play all the old school Street Fighter, Daytona and Time Crisis you want, with drinks and pizza included. Uh, nice. When you're done at the lock-in... Uh, head over to the Edge in South Brisbane for the 10th annual Go Play Brisbane tabletop role-playing convention, which starts on Saturday. Go Play, Go Play will be running all weekend for free with a wide range of games and activities to keep you entertained. This is perfect for anyone looking to make new friends and play games they might never have heard of. Have you guys heard of Go, Go Play? Yes. Yeah? Ever yeah, been? It's, it's a, no. <laughs> uh, but it sounds great. Yeah, that sounds yeah. really good. I, I always love... Um, 
trying out new board games. It's better to have someone who knows the game to, to coach you and guide you through it, reading the instruction booklet and trying to work it out with a bunch of um, people who don't know the game can be frustrating. Yeah, you absolutely want to learn by playing as well. Yeah. But yeah, these guys have D&D as well as a dozen, a dozen or so other games on top of that. So lots of interesting stuff. Sounds good. Uh, Brisbane will also be playing host to Queensland's VR Hackathon at the la- on the last weekend in September. Hosted by River City Labs in Fortitude Valley, the event is aimed at all ages and experience levels. The first place team of up to three people will win flights to China to compete in the global VR Hackathon, accommodation included. Oh, cool. Ooh, that's exciting. Ooh, pretty yeah. big prize. Okay, so do I have to be a hacker, or is it just a gaming thing? Uh, I think it's just a gaming thing, but they're, they're letting beginners in. So if you want to learn to hack, that's the place to go. And then next year you get the ticket to China, right? That's there how that works. Yeah, that's it. All right. And if you've been playing Spider-Man, then you know all about hacking. You know the hacking. That's game, right. That, so. Yeah, this is an inordinate amount of hacking well, in that game. See, yeah. when I hear VR hackathon, I'm like, are you hacking into people's VR headsets as they're using them and just causing them an immense amount of distress? Yeah, that seems like a crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, later uh, this month, we'll, uh, we'll also see the opening of Be Lucky and Sons, an adults-only arcade and cocktail bar from the crew at Holy Moly Minigolf. The Hong Kong gangster theme and unique prizes to trade your tickets for, including Botox injections and helicopter experiences what? make this one to keep an eye out for when it opens on the 27th. Okay. Yeah. Botox, you say? Yeah. So it's All like right. time zone. You get your tickets and play your basketball, play your whatever. Whatever is they do. Is that a thing that we're putting into Lucky Dip prizes now? Botox injections? Has <laughs> well, the world changed that? Adults you don't prick yourself on the way <laughs> in to get uh, it. Wow. You know what, Ray? You and I are starting to, you know, get on the... the you know the more decrepit side of our thirties now. Okay, maybe we could <laughs> attempt to, uh, you know, win some some free Botox. What are you suggesting, Lee? I'm, I'm saying that we should <laughs> that we need to turn back time. Oh, I see. This, I thought you see at the start of that sentence, I thought that you were implying that we were out of touch because we're so old. Not that you that I looked like a shriveled uh, fish I, I was, who needed I was, Botox. I was indicating that we both were. Okay, but, you know, look, it, we're. we're, we're we're both aging this month. I think we need to acknowledge the fact that time is starting to play fools on the both of us. Fair enough. Um, well, you know what? When is that Botox <laughs> session? Starting on the 27th. <laughs> All right. That's great. Wear your best pinstripe suit. You'll ah, fit right in. Cool. Uh, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's all the events coming up in September. You're listening to Zed Games, and this is the local games quiz. It sure is. Infamous. Sweet. Now, we tried this last month, and Jack got four out of five points. Ray got three out of five. I won, is what you're saying. Points will carry over to the end of the year, but we can still easily catch up. Sure. Is this why you're paneling now and Ray is over this side of the the machine? Because you Because I'm winning. Because you're winning. Oh, no, I'm I'm paneling because I'm going to be in Japan for the next two weeks, and I I decided to give Ray a break. Oh, okay. That's nice. All right. Well, that's that's cool. You have to play along with my cool bit. That's fine. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So we're going to name five games. I'm going to give you two possibilities of what that game is. You tell me which one you think it is. And at the end, we'll tally up and see who knows their local games. Let's go. Mm, the like first a... game is Snappy Word. Is Snappy Word a word puzzle game? Simple enough. Or a Flappy Bird clone with a unique twist? I'm going B. Okay. I'm going B as well. I'm going A. Okay. Hmm. We'll find out at the end. Uh, Just Survive Arena. 
Is that a first-person wave-based combat game or a 2D game with an endless amount of traps? And what's the name again? Just Survive Arena. Gonna go with A. First-person wave-based combat. Okay. I'll go B. Okay. I'm going B. Yeah. I'll just write those What is wave-based combat? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we'll... We'll sort you out after this show. Okay. Scott, you've got to keep going. We wow. don't have time to, yeah. to help him. Uh, Sky Squadron. Is Sky Squadron a on-rails aerial dogfighting game or a game about flying in a wingsuit? I think I've seen this one. Sky um, Squadron. Yeah, I'm going with A. I'm yeah. going to go with A as well. Yeah, A here as well. On-rails thing. God damn, three point. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, these last two are from... QUT Studios. Ooh. So, I doubt you'll know them, but let me educate you. Peachy Burgers. Peachy Mm. Burgers. Okay. Uh, Is Peachy Burgers an overcooked clone or a VR burger game? B. Uh, I'll go with um, overcooked clone. Okay. A, yep. Just because I don't want to have the same amount of points as Jack. Sure. I'll go with, with... B? Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, I think that's right, actually. I've sided too many times with Ray <laughs> so far. And the last one, and I've thrown some things to try, thrown some things in to try and trick you, okay. so we'll see. Cool. Ark Skies. Is Ark Skies an aerial combat game involving a corgi or an animal-collecting Noah's Ark-style game involving a blimp? So, just to clarify, it's A-R-K, the spelling, Ark Skies. Well, he's, that's, no, that's the point. That's what's... Oh, that's the trick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Yeah, give me the Corgi. Okay. Yeah, just because I want that game to exist. as well, yeah. Here's the thing. Both games sound great. Um, (laughs) And I I guess I'm going to have to go with B since you guys went A, uh, just to to mix it up. Yeah. Okay, that's a B for for Lee. Okay, cool. All right. The first game was Snappy Word by Red Sprite Studios. That is a word puzzle game. No ah. one is making Flappy Bird in 2018. Heck. Oh. So, so yeah. that's a point for Lee. You chumps. That's John's game. You fools. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. Just Survive Arena is by Juicy Beetle Games. They were showing the game off at Go423. Uh, that is a 2D game with an endless amount of traps. Woo! Did I so get that, that was, one? Yeah, yeah that was you, two, you two did. I did Okay, good. <laughs> Alright. Uh, next we have uh, we have Peachy Burgers or Sky Squadron first? Peachy uh, Burgers? Because Sky Squadron was by the QUT students. Mm-hmm. No, no, it, was no it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Man, you're losing even the Sky re- Squadron. <laughs> I can't even keep track, man. It's Sky Squadron <laughs> yeah. is, of course, by Trickshot, which is uh, James and Michael from Sponge. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that is an on-rails aerial dogfighting game, which you all got. Yeah, mm-hmm. free point. Uh, Peachy Burgers is called that because it's by Peachy Studios. Uh has nothing to do with the game itself. But that is a VR burger game. That's B. Nice. No. You, didn't we both answer? No, we we both went over. Did we? I think. Uh, yeah, I was wrong on that one. Oh, yeah, we were, we, we were right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, it's pretty interesting, actually. They're working with the Endeavor Foundation, and it's all about... Uh, helping the disabled people get work skills. Oh, oh cool. Great. Kind of thing. So, really great initiative. That's awesome. And the last game is Ark Skies, spelled A-R-Q-U-E. Ark Skies. Ah, oh, what a trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is A, a game about a corgi. Oh, man. Aerial combat game. I almost wanted... I, I want to decide with you guys on the corgi, but... Uh, but I invented the blimp game, and that sounds good, too. It does sound <laughs> really good. Someone make that game so I'm right, okay? 
<laughs> so final scores are Ray got three. You're consistent, I'll tell you that. Tell uh-huh. you that. <laughs> <laughs> Jack got three as well, Less and Lee, Lee wins this week with four. Oh, man. <sighs> and that was the very famous local games quiz. You get to panel next week, yeah. Lee. What do you guys do when I'm not around? I flounder, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we, don't, we don't exist if you're not here, Lee. Yeah. That's how that works. <laughs> that was the local games quiz. Uh, a little while ago, Melbourne Esports Open was happening at Rod Laver Arena, um, a well-known sports uh, venue in Melbourne. Um, but it was filled with video games. What a time to be alive. And uh, because of that, I sat down with the managing director of uh, ESL, the Esports League, I'm going to guess, uh, Nick Vanzetti, to chat about all things esports. So, Nick, where did your, uh, I guess, love of esports begin? Um, did playing in tournaments spark your passion for events? Uh, yes. So, I was a competitive gamer myself, uh, played a bit of Xbox, Halo, with my friends, multiplayer, two Xboxes linked up in the lounge room together on different TVs. Um, so my love of competitive gaming spawned from a Friday night with a bunch of mates and some beers, um, and then eventually just the pure competitive nature, the thrill of winning, teamwork, etc., meant that we no longer got together with the beers, we played just to win, um, and then we were actually pretty good, and... Since then, I attended a few tournaments and, and saw that this was a, a, a massive thing that we wanted to be a part of. And um, when I was no longer good at esports, I decided to run tournaments. Where do you see the local scene in, say, five years or so from now? It's crazy to think, if I look back five years, um, I was how far we've come. So to predict the next five years is difficult, mm. but I'll have a crack at it. So, <laughs> But to first look at where we've come from, I mean, five years ago, Australia was still so far behind the rest of the world in terms of um, large-scale mega events, um, arena, you know, people showing up in the thousands to attend esports events. We were still running events in university halls with 300 people and a lot of trestle tables. Um, so to have now turned that corner, it's very exciting to think what is possible in the next five years. I think that um, we will continue to be seeing more large-scale events um, and also the industry itself will, I think, pivot a little bit in terms of how people enjoy watching um, other content and more so as the industry around just the core product, which might be the league or a tournament, will flourish. So... There's been this massive um, embracing of international tournaments still. Um, so the, the culture of going out to, to watch a, um, your favourite team in the US or the UK play against each other in a bar um, will continue to grow and there'll be more esports-based venues um, and more just general acceptance in terms of the mainstream uh, awareness of esports. And I think that's exciting because the more people that not only understand but then accept esports... Um, the greater the potential and the greater audience that we'll be reaching as uh, organisers and as fans of, of our new sports. I have two questions um, around that answer. Going from the old sort of like trestle tables and university um, venues, what do you think were some of the, the driving factors in moving away from that more grassroots uh, environment, I guess? Well, first of all, I still think that that grassroots environment, the university halls, the trestles, that's still critical to... Um, to esports, I mean, there's the only way we grow the, the the professional end of it is by having more grassroots inclusion. Um, so that's really important to to say. But for us, I think there was just an opportunity in that um, 
the level of professionalization wasn't as high as it could have been and we were well placed in working together with the publishers to help the publishers create their programs and then to commercialize through sponsorship and and um and a little bit of uh, a chance what have you um to create our own events uh which were able to appeal more to the let's let's say the the higher end the the, the big events, the Margaret Court Arenas, the Rod Lavers. Um, so I wouldn't say it was a conscious decision to move away from what we were already doing at the grassroots level, but that there wasn't anybody doing a, a decent job at the higher end. Um, when I started competing, I was a little bit disappointed at some of the um, global scale events that came down uh, to Australia. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't name names, <laughs> but... Um, there was, I think, a lack of um, a bridge between commercial brands um, and uh, competitive integrity in terms of what an esports tournament looked like. So, um, you know, a high prize pool doesn't necessarily mean it's the best tournament. So you need to have good league operations, um, well-looked-after teams and players, and you also need money to achieve that. And the two weren't talking to each other, and I think we did a good job of making that happen. As far as some of the other international events that, that I imagine you might have had an opportunity um, to visit, where did, like, how does the, the local scene compare to um, some of those international events? Well, there's still a bit of development. So we've had two years of Intel Extreme Masters in Sydney now. Um, this will be our first event of this scale and size in Melbourne. Um, together with the Melbourne Esports Open, obviously. Uh, these events are fantastic for Australia. Um, and by Australian standards, I think, uh, right at the top. Um, however, I mean, you look at something like Worlds in 2014 in Korea, soccer stadium, 40,000 people. In the, in the bird's nest last year for League of Legends, um, the Overwatch finals. Now, the, these events are publisher-driven and, and massive, but... Um, even on the third party scale. So Intel Extreme Masters in Katowice in Poland is just is enormous. So the only thing that's stopping us is time um, and maybe budget <laughs> to, to a smaller extent. But I think actually the events that we're able to, to put on and the scale that esports is getting to in Australia is just constantly um, on the up. And uh, we're not that far away, and it's not it's not that difficult to achieve. So I think we should be pretty proud of the level esports in Australia is reaching. What advice would you give to prof- uh, other professionals trying to break into um, the gaming industry uh, surrounding stuff like events, content creation, marketing, or hosting? I think the number one thing that's required for people to really break into the industry, whether that's in in an paid role or building their own business, is just a dare I say it, a tenacious drive to, to really love what they do. I mean, you have to be passionate about esports and you need to be willing to go the extra mile. There's growing opportunity for, for paid jobs in esports, but, you know, from almost no one being paid in esports in Australia three, four years ago mm-hmm. to maybe 50 jobs now, um, it's still a, a pretty limited market. So... There's going to be, or there is a real need for volunteers, um, part-paid, casual-paid roles and positions. And I think my best advice is for those um, aspiring uh, people to get involved in whatever way they can with um, great organisations who are running tournaments um, or creating content, etc., and just get to know people. Um, put your hand up, 
do a, do a bit of work and continually uh, have conversations with others like-minded individuals uh, in the industry. From the getting to know people, like networking is such a big part of, of being in this industry. Mm. In your measure, going from Brisbane to Sydney, where a lot of, I, I would say, the industry is at, for people outside of Sydney that might not be able to access some of those networking events or events in general as, as often, is there anything that you might be able to say to them as well? Wow, it was <laughs> tough. When I first moved to Sydney... Um, it was so obvious I had to move from Brisbane yeah. because things go so much slower pace up there. Even with the connected world that we live in online, the kind of conversations that, you know, a little bit of intel that you might hear um, over a drink at, at a bar can make a big difference to your opportunities. Um, I think it's just really important that when there is a networking event in your own town, you can't miss it. Yeah. You have to be there. Um, you have to get to know the people in your own town. And the great thing is about esports now, it's not all just Sydney-centred. There's so much more development happening in Melbourne. Um, there are events happening in Adelaide. Um, so there are becoming more opportunities for the other cities in Australia. But um, when a lot of the gaming publishers are based in Sydney, it does make it difficult. Big thanks to Nick Vanzetti and also Meg Weber from New Game Plus for that interview there. You're listening to Zed Games. My name's Jack. I'm in studio with Scott, Lee, and Ray. And two of those people have been playing Spider-Man. Two? It ain't Scott. You haven't been... No, you haven't been playing it either. <laughs> Lee and Ray, you've been playing Spider-Man mm. a lot. Yes. I believe, uh, Lee, you've played far too much yeah, for probably. the period of time that it's been out. Yes. That must imply that it's good. Or that I'm obsessive. Or that... I mean, both yeah. could be true. Yes, I uh, I took Friday off from work uh, to ensure that I was I was there, able to play it as soon as I was able, uh, and I've stopped to perform ablutions in between, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, but <laughs> ablutions. What, know, what is this? No. You know, just the, the, it's, it's a word. It's fine. Okay. We'll we'll get right. there. So, uh, but this is uh, Spider-Man on the PS4. You will have seen the billboards for it everywhere. It is by Insomniac, which is a Sony-exclusive company. They are known mostly for the Ratchet and Clank They're not Sony-exclusive. They also did Sunset Overdrive. They did Sunset Overdrive, and that worked out real well for them. Uh, and now they're... Uh... <laughs> rough. Hey, <laughs> So rough. Look. I enjoyed it. It was yeah. a good game. Yeah, look, it's the only reason that I would buy uh, an Xbox. But we'll, we'll move on. It so wasn't enough of a reason. The, uh, the, everything that they learnt from, from that game, they mm. have taken and applied here to Spider-Man. Uh, and I think that we can finally say that there is now a genuinely good, great Spider-Man game. He's a character that has been crying out for something that has been excellent for a long time and while there have been games that have captured elements of the character over the years uh they've all sort of struggled with a few uh complicated matters mostly that as soon as you start climbing up a wall your camera goes ah as soon as you start like swinging around your camera does the same thing and as soon as you like start fighting a bunch of guys as an acrobatic dude who does flips everywhere same deal camera has been the biggest enemy of every spider-man game and insomniac have mostly thwarted it with this one mostly mostly yes um it is a big expensive a uh, huge romp across the island of Manhattan, um, and and it's a delight. It's it's a very expensive delight. Uh, Ray, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and I have been wanting this game. 
for so long. Mm. Uh, I have enjoyed the the various uh, Activision games. Uh, the Spider-Man 2, PlayStation 2 game in particular, was, was pretty good, uh, as well as the Ultimate Spider-Man game. But this one has just had the money yep. and the passion put into it. Mm. And it just, as a Spider-Man fan, it just keeps giving me what I want. Yeah just continuously and I just have this big wacky smile over my face it's like when you go to see a Spider-Man movie and there's these really cool um, sequences where it tracks Spider-Man as he as he uh, jumps off a building uh, slings out a web and just arcs through the between two massive buildings and he almost hits a taxi uh, and those are like the best parts of those movies well <laughs> this game is, is just all of that yep. like this game is just solely comprised of those exciting sequences and you're in control yeah the, and it's amazing the traversal in this game is just a phenomenal success it is a joy to move around the city of spider-man whether you are uh you know climbing up the wall or leaping and bounding along the, se- the streets or swinging from buildings the the way that the animations link together the way that the um the the, the character has such a sense of elasticity and momentum uh, he is a, a joy to maneuver um so that uh, regardless of what you're doing, you're still having fun because just controlling him as you get around is is a constant delight. Um, and uh, on top of that, there's a, a combat system that uh, kind of leans heavily into the Batman Arkham it rhythm style, it. yeah. But uh, has a few uh, Insomniac style twists um they've got the the weapon wheel style of thing and the expanding arsenal that uh you know they're known for from their ratchet and clank games but in this case they're all uh web style uh upgrades so spider-man's signature webbing can have you know you can have uh trip mines and grenades and uh an impact webbing and electrocuted electrocution webbing and all of these variations that are fun and can be upgraded over the course of play uh, and those get folded into this um, bombastic dynamic fighting, which for the most part works really, really well. Um, there are times where I found that um, the the timings are a little weird and the rhythms are interesting. Um, mm. But for the most part, whenever you are in a fight against a bunch of dudes stopping a mugging or, you know, a carjacking, um, it is fun. It's fun to hit people and to web them up as Spider-Man. I think that the combat in this game is some of the best that I've, experienced in a superhero title yeah uh arkham the arkham series with batman definitely stepped it up a notch and was the gold standard for a while but this might be the best he has such uh an amazing variety of moves at his disposal he can punch people in the air and continue to beat them while they're airborne he can web them up uh he can grab a uh a barrel or a, or a car door and just swing it around and knock everyone over and you can do any of those things in any sequence you want yep. the game will respond to it so if you decide to punch someone up in the air and, and grab a car door and swing it into him or someone else you can do that mm. the animation is just amazing it just seems to like roll with whatever you do so fighting a hordes and of enemies that just keep coming up is actually like a joy because you can dispatch them in absolutely any way you want. It's a, yeah, it's a very generous combat system in that regard as well. Like the, the game does lean heavily into interacting with environmental objects. Uh, and there are always crates and bags of cement and garbage bins and things all over the place. And at any time that you are fighting someone, there's going to be so much stuff around to hit people with. Um, one thing that I think is amazing is actually um, the, the the webbing gimmick is really, really fun. 
because like a lot of these games there are hierarchies of opponents and characters that can uh you know disrupt your basic abilities you know huge big tough guys and dudes with whips that that can you know stop your standard abilities but regardless of like you know how cool they seem and how you know indestructible they are every one of them can be dispatched if you web them the right way against an object which just feels incredibly powerful and tactical and in character it's a it's a really clever use of of that signature move yeah absolutely i i had a lot of fun the only thing is the uh the baddies do get a bit repetitive uh you are fighting the same goons there's like your standard goon and your your slightly bigger goon and your goon with a shield and then you, you <laughs> they're know, mostly the same thing goon yeah. with a whip um but despite that it still is enjoyable mm. yeah so you've spoken a lot about gameplay i feel yeah as far as story goes as far as characters go is there much of note there there's uh I think that the story is um, the main. The main storyline is incredibly well told and performed. Um, there is a really strong emotional um, beat that carries through the whole thing. All of the supporting cast are really, really interesting, uh, and and the the main missions are all very engaging and and interesting. Mm, I like how this is set as kind of a um, a second act Spider-Man story. Mm. Like we've we've seen the origin in, in the multitude of of uh games and and movies that we've had over the past 20 years been or so quite a lot of games yeah so we don't need a, a retelling of spider-man's origin or mm. what he's doing in high school or or all of that this is set like a few years out so like he's uh doing some research with dr octopus who is yet to be dr octopus uh <laughs> he's dr otto Oct- octavius and Norman Osborn. octopus not, not yeah <laughs> Uh, Norman Osborn is yet to become the, the Green Goblin, mm. but he's been at it for a while. He's um, he's been around the the ropes. Uh, Mary Jane and him are no longer an item; they were together, and so he's got that kind of going for him. But she's um, still involved in the story. Yes, yes. Yeah. You actually get to play her in some oh, cool. in some little missions, mm. stealth missions. She's a reporter for the Daily Bugle, actually. Uh, so it, it feels cool to pick up at a point in the story that's a bit beyond what's been rehashed so many times before. So it feels fresh. Yeah, and it's yeah. It's, its own universe as well. Mm. It sort of sets its own rules. It's a few twists and updating of uh, the various supporting casts and where they are. Mm. Uh, in particular, J. Jonah Jameson, no longer at the Daily Bugle. He's got his own InfoWars-style podcast <laughs> that Peter Parker is <laughs> yeah. subscribed to, apparently. It feels, feels like a real misfire for that character, actually, and uh, and also one that is like <laughs> just like really unfortunately timed as well to launch the the moment <laughs> just that, as InfoWars gets taken down everywhere. From, yeah, yeah. So that that I think is is kind of a take that really didn't pan out well for them. Um, as as interesting and engaging as the story, the main storyline is, um, and I, I must stress that, like any time you get to see, like Peter Parker interacting with the cast, with with his Aunt May, with the uh, people at the feast shelter, uh, with Miles, who is a character known from the Ultimate Universe stuff, um, it is it is a delight. But you spend so much time in this game, not fighting crime and doing what I can only 
really refer to as work that could be performed by a janitor or the parks department. <laughs> There's a lot of time where you are told, like, hey, instead of, like, fighting Electro, why don't you, like, go and see why the fish are dying in the the lake in the middle of Central Park? That seems like a good use of your Spider-Man time. <laughs> oh, these vents on this building, they're, they're probably going to explode. That'll be difficult. If you could just, like clear any blockages on the the Jeez. steam it's it's obviously it's very you know it's cheap dev stuff it you is. can get away with it by having just some voiceover while spider-man's like if i don't do this this building will explode and that'll be catastrophic but what i'm actually and you're sitting there is, as a player going like please let yeah. this building explode yeah it's just like this a janitor could have done this job <laughs> uh like not someone who can lift a car um having said that like as incredibly boring and menial as those side missions are which like it's almost like an homage to how bad every mission was in spider-man 2 right <laughs> like just <laughs> like at least you don't have to like you know help a girl get her balloon back but you you have Jeez. there are 12 missions where you have to help an old man get his pet pigeon you know like a freaking spider-man <laughs> are, are these missions like actually common enough to to be a downer like so the thing is they they suck like it's built into the design that those are those are what a terrible use of my time <laughs> but getting to that location to do that you still That's get to joy. swing across manhattan in the like the <laughs> coolest way possible so i have collected all 12 of those pigeons i have done every single mission <laughs> where i had to like use my cool ground pound move to ensure that the sewer system wasn't blocked beneath the streets of manhattan he says bitterly yeah i i've done every one of those i was swinging through smog so i could collect air samples all of that boring shit what? because getting from like the point where I had to do that terrible mission to, like, the next one where I had to do that was a joy. So it turns out that the reason collectible missions in open-world games suck is because getting from point A to point B is a chore. Here it is not. not. So I will chase any kind of pigeon you want <laughs> because I still get to, like, swing around as Spider-Man while I'm doing it. I think that's the best mm. the best thing to say about Spider-Man. Um, the game is out now on PlayStation 4. Mm. Um, you guys are playing on PS4 or Pro? Just right. the straight-up PS4, and it, it's looks working good. for me. Yeah, it God, looks it's good. Gorgeous. It yes. runs well. It's technical marvel, actually. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing what they're doing with the hardware. Awesome. Uh, that one's out now. That actually brings us to the end of the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening to Zed Games. We'll be back same time next week, whether you like it or not. We'll catch you next time.